0: And if you want to join in on the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode or any other, please join the Babel Conference, our listeners' group on Facebook. Just type Babel, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. Hi, this is
1: Gary Graham, ambassadors of all in Star Trek. You're listening to Warp 5. Sir, request permission to get underway. Welcome, boomers, to another episode of Warp 5, your dedicated Star Trek Enterprise podcast here on Trek FM. I am but one of the hosts on this lovely show, and with me tonight, as he almost always is, my good friend Patrick. Patrick, how the heck
0: are you? I'm alright. Uh, as far as the list is concerned, I'm pretty good. <laughs> I So I said the same thing a couple weeks ago on... Uh, on the edge because I recorded an edge yesterday, and these are going to be weeks apart. But yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Uh, you know, I, I like podcasting, so I'm here. We get to talk about well, not my favorite episode of all time, but hey, it'll be fun. How are you? <laughs>
1: uh, I am fine for the all intents and purposes of this podcast. <laughs> it's it's been a difficult day, and that's fine. That's 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 fine. It's just Bottoms fine. Up. Okay, it's fine. Yeah, I can't do that because I still got to go grocery shopping after this and never go grocery shopping when you're buzzed. It's very annoying. No, that's a bad
0: idea. Everyone else. That or hungry. Terrible idea.
1: Oh, I can't go when I'm hungry because I'm hypoglycemic and I faint in the middle of it. Oh, that's (laughs) nice. I have to bring snacks and they get mad at me for bringing food in. So I never go when I'm hungry. Okay, no outside enough. food? Uh, yes, no outside food in Target. <laughs> so, I don't think they actually have that rule. It's like, how can you prove I didn't get this at Starbucks? It's a Big Mac. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair.
0: It's a very special Starbucks. <laughs>
1: Oh, I'm I'm going over all of the possibilities of a McDonald's Starbucks merger in my mind now. <laughs> so, all right, so,
0: I think this might be a new record for off the rails. By the way, we, oh yeah, yeah. We somehow started talking about a McDonald's Starbucks merger at a Target near you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like take that take that out of uh, out of Walmart's hands. They're not they're not working it to the best of their abilities. Come on. Starbucks can do you much better. (laughs) I'm just going to stop. Okay, Okay, so we do have some comments on our last release episode. Well, a couple episodes ago, which is Warp 5 number 180, which is when we did our Enterprise recast. And uh, we have a couple of comments about uh, comparing and contrasting some of the... uh, other series episodes with episodes from enterprise and our friend Patrick Carlin said another one for the compare and contrast list would be doctor's orders and one from Voyager. And then, uh, Wes Huntington said, or E2 with deep space Nine's children of time. And that one actually is already on the list. Uh, Chris Trebuzio had to jump in with, uh, he says my picks for Porthos are Benji and Lassie. <laughs> That's adorable. My picks for Elder to Paul are Betty White or B Arthur. Betty White all the way because B Arthur sadly is no longer with us. Um, and then, of course, Chris Trubuzio says, "You want me a helmsman? As a, you want me as a helmsman?" As a, huh, you want me as a helmsman? Okay, if you come up here and show me where the throttle is on this thing, name the movie where the quote comes from, no cheating. I knew what it was from, but I couldn't quite grasp it, but it's this Iron Eagle, 1986. Yeah, I had no idea. Which I actually liked better than Top Gun because there was more flying! More planes! And Nicholas Anastasio, oh, friend of the show, Nicholas Anastasio says, I love recast episodes. Brandy and Patrick, always a fun game. Thanks for the Enterprise Edition. See my list below. I decided to play along and went big. I came at it from a different angle, imagining an A-list cast for a tentpole studio made... Enterprise movie launch. I cast older actors because the story takes place 20 years after the events of These are the Voyages. Yes, I got so into it, I fleshed, in my mind, a whole plot outline supporting the recast idea. And yes, of course, Trip is in the film. Here you go, in the same order you went. John Boyega as Lieutenant Commander Travis Mayweather, Maggie Q as Lieutenant Commander Hoshi Sato, Hugh Jackman as Commander Malcolm Reed, Melissa McCarthy as Dr. Phlox, the story takes into account Phlox's gender reassignment, Woody Harrelson as Captain of Engineering Trip Tucker, Kate Blanchett as Commander T'Pol, and George Clooney as Commodore Jonathan Archer.
0: That's pretty cool. Uh, (laughs) He even put... You know, they even built a whole story around their universe for this.
1: Yes. Now that is going the extra mile. Good, good stuff. All right, then. So uh, I'm sure there are other things that we could discuss from the Babel Conference at this time, but I'm going to save those for another podcast because sometimes the pickings are lean and sometimes there's too many to fit into one episode. Isn't that true? Yeah. So we'll save some more for next time. And let's get right down to it. This week, we are going to do our first compare and contrast. And what did you choose, Patrick? Because you were the one who decided this.
0: So I'd like to give credit where credit's due. Uh, we did get this idea from Brandon Hausen. He sent in an email. And uh, we liked this idea of comparing interesting episodes. And we picked Identity Crisis and Extinction, <laughs> a.k.a. Fraggle Rock. Mostly because he actually called it Fraggle Rock.
1: Yes. Which is lovely. So, yeah. So, you had to watch Extinction. Again, did you just pick this first so you could get it out of the way? Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> See, I know you.
0: Like I know off a you. Do it quick.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, there we go. So, we sat through both of those episodes again.
0: <laughs> to be honest, I actually did want to watch Identity Crisis again, too.
1: Yeah. I, so
0: I don't, we'll get into it, but I don't hate that episode. Like, I do Fraggle Rock. Yeah. But, uh, so, I, so at least I knew I was going to get one episode I enjoyed out of this deal, and I watched it significantly more than the one I don't like. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I, of course, have memories of Identity Crisis. I don't remember particularly liking it, and so when I went into it the second time, watching it in a mindset of, hmm well let's see how this stacks up with extinction and uh there were a lot of things that i i don't know if i wasn't experienced enough to really make the connections but there were a lot of things that i picked up this time that i never had in any previous viewings of this episode
0: so yeah, yeah i think i think a lot of it has to do with mindset like mm-hmm. you don't you know maybe you don't catch it cuz you're not looking for it and now you are and it's a little more nuanced or whatever but like even while we were just talking about Discovery there was a lot of TNG references in episode 4 of Discovery mm-hmm. that I didn't catch cuz I haven't watched TNG in a while. Yeah. But if I had watched it more for you know recently I would have caught them a little quicker.
1: Yeah, there were uh it's been probably Oh, gosh, five or six years since I've done a full TNG rewatch, which is not to say I haven't watched selected episodes, but I haven't done a full rewatch in about six years.
0: Yeah, so, you know, my mindset isn't, oh, let me see what's from TNG in here. So <laughs> you know, But if I was in the middle of a rewatch, I'd probably catch more things like that. And I don't think I ever watched Extinction and was going through Enterprise uh, TNG at the same time that I would have caught on. Right. But I would have thought about these two episodes together in this way. Even though once you watch them together, it's so obvious, it hurts.
1: Yeah. it's There are some really strong similarities, and then there are some really big differences. So, yes. So... Uh... Let's see, I have copious notes on things to remind me what happened in the episodes. I know I could have just gone on Memory Alpha, but I had to put my own spin on it and take notes throughout the whole thing. Uh, here are some things about, let's start with Identity Crisis. So, uh, in this episode, basically, uh, Jordi and a here to, uh, here to this point, formerly unseen uh, commanding officer from another mission, Commander Lighton, uh, they're, they were on this away mission on this planet and some weird things started happening. And now people who were on that away mission are stealing shuttles and doing everything they can to get back to that planet. And, uh, Commander Lighten come on, comes on board the Enterprise and explains what's going on, and they need to try and stop this latest attempt to get back to that planet, find out what they can, etc. And so we get a little bit of history between Geordi and Commander Lytton and but it's it's kind of tense because they don't know what's going on and they're kind of worried, and they're like the last two people that haven't gone nuts, so apparently. So, but uh, they got to get back to the planet. When they get there, one of the crewmen who has stolen a shuttle, uh, basically, uh, the shuttle, they don't have the right trajectory to enter the atmosphere, and they end up destroying themselves in the atmosphere of the planet.
0: I have a question here. Yeah. Uh, I've watched this episode like four times. Mm -hmm. Why do they crash? Why do they blow up and everyone else is able to make it down okay? Well... Is it just that they stink at piloting? Is that like... What am I supposed to believe?
1: Well, the thing is, is that they were approaching the planet too fast. And knowing what I know from, I mean, I didn't go to space camp or anything like that. But when you're entering an atmosphere, you can't just go straight in. You have to... Oh, right. You have
0: to kind of use the curvature and all that other... Yeah. You have to stuff. find
1: a specific window. You have to be at a certain speed, at a certain pitch, etc. And this shuttle was just basically heading at full speed, and not adjusting their course whatsoever or their speed, therefore, basically crashes into the atmosphere.
0: Okay, there was no other... Because I watched it, I'm like, wait a second, this doesn't make sense. Apparently, everyone else made it, but this guy, for some reason, can't. I I So I kind of just assumed that it was like the point of the change mm-hmm. where he's kind of out of it.
1: Yeah, and that's what I would assume as well, that he's to the point where he doesn't remember... Really, who he is.
0: And, right, but not fully transformed yet and able to function. Yeah. You know, so
1: what? So basically had no idea how to uh, slow the shuttle down or uh, initiate a proper landing on the planet.
0: Okay. Yeah, sounds good.
1: But Because to be fair, he's the last person that's trying to make it to this planet, which means it, they didn't necessarily go... You know, they didn't necessarily all start to transform at the same time, although it would have made more sense if they did. But we'll just let that be.
0: <laughs> like- well, no, I, so I thought that at first, too. I'm glad you brought that up because I thought that at first, too. But if you and I are in a room with someone who has a cold, right, mm-hmm. we might not necessarily get a cold at the same time. This is
1: true. This is true because. Uh, now, this, this isn't quite
0: like a cold. I mean, <laughs> a little bit, that's more like the other Episode that shall not be named, but yeah, but that's it. Kind of seems like this is transmitted the same way like a virus is.
1: Yeah, it's basically when Susanna starts showing uh, symptoms, she is you know they take they go to sick bay and she Doctor Crusher says she's having a histamine response.
0: I love that line too.
1: So that means she's having a response to some sort of trigger. Yeah, and, almost
0: almost like allergies on the planet.
1: Yeah. And she, you know, it's when she's, when Susanna, because it's easier to say than lighten, uh, or I'll just call her Suze. When Suze <laughs> starts having, like, extreme sensitivity to light and her body is transforming she's, like, covered in blue veins and her eyes are weird and... Uh, now she's
0: from the Mirror Universe. Yeah.
1: And now, she, but she's, Crusher tries to stabilize her immune system with T-cells, which is actually a scientific thing it's, that T-cells are part of the immune system. They're a, sub, they're a subcategory of white, uh, white corpuscles that fight infections and viruses. And so it would make every sense for what Crusher thought was going on for her to try to stabilize her immune system with T-cells. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, she even says, that can't be. I already stabilized them. Yeah. And clearly, that's not exactly what's going on here. But, yeah, so I, I kind of derailed you on your thought there. But, no, I, I think it makes sense because not everyone reacted the same way to this foreign DNA strand, which is really what it was. that was in yeah. their brain.
1: Yeah. So that's uh, that. That makes sense because I had that thought, and then now you've explained it in the way that you have, and it makes more sense to me. Which means that Jordy is the superhuman
0: of this particular away
1: team. Because yes, he's the last he, one to go. He
0: eats. Lo- he takes lots of vitamin C, and he feels good all the time. Yep. <laughs> way to go, Jordy! Lots of superfoods, pomegranates, stuff like that.
1: Mm, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that stuff totally works. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. That's not. I'm not. I'm not saying that natural remedies aren't a good thing. I'm just saying that you can't completely depend on them for everything that happens to your body. So, um, as Star Trek has shown us, <laughs> Te- very true. Technology yeah. is not a bad thing. So, so well. long story short, we've got. Well, we've got one person who's transforming on the way, but we never see that. Then we have Sue's going through this transformation, and we get to see that in all its stages of glory. And uh, and then Jordy, while he's trying to figure out what happened on this planet by using the holodeck, yay! An an interesting way of using the holodeck that isn't just recreating some book or having sex. I mean, sorry, no, we never do that on the holodeck. <laughs> We
0: don't show people.
1: No, we don't show people that. Ugh. Uh, anyway, but that's what
0: they're—that's what they're
1: mostly using it for. Come on.
0: I don't know. I don't know if they would on the Enterprise. I mean, they definitely did DS Nine. Oh,
1: absolutely. Those but, hollow suites must have been nasty. Yeah, but
0: but 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 on the Enterprise, i I'd, I'd kind of be worried about who's looking at those logs. <laughs> Just my. Personal take on that. Well, it
1: seems to me like what what happens in the holodeck stays on the holodeck, and that should be private information not available to any should Tom, be. Dick, or Harry that comes by. It's, but, you
0: know. In theory. So <laughs> so what did you think of this episode overall, now that you gave a fairly good rundown of it?
1: You know, it's not bad. Um, it's not my favorite. But it's not bad. Basically... You know, it's kind of it kind of stumbles towards the end. It's like, oh, you're gonna you're gonna talk Jordy down from being this other uh, new alien.
0: Okay, uh, that's okay. weird. <laughs> it's like, I kind uh, of see. No, I had a different reaction. Maybe it's because I was watching this with Extinction, and they're two similar episodes but done very differently. Yes, I like this episode, and I like the ending. I actually enjoy it. One of the things I like about it is um, it shows that Jordy's still there. Yeah. It even references the line where she's like, well, you know, you weren't even you, but I could talk to you. He's like, well, I, and I still trusted you. Something along the lines of, you know, the core me still trusted you is basically what he's getting at. That just because I had changed, you know, not all of Jordy was actually gone. Right. And I kind of enjoyed that part of the story.
1: Yeah, but if it it's not like that would have worked had they been, I don't know, half an hour later, and all of a sudden now he's all
0: alien. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I think I think that might be what they were going for. Maybe not, but whatever. No, but- I know,
1: I know. But she, but they flat out say, you know, that the rest of them are too far gone that they can't. I, they do. That's they can't true. recover I, them. So. So, that is
0: true, and you know it's well,
1: honest. It's okay. I'm not. I'm not really complaining, but it's just kind of weird. But I thought, okay, so we we know how to actually help Jordy because we helped Lighten, and the thing is, Jordy's already escaped down to the planet. So I guess I guess it makes a, a kind of weird logic that the person who had come back from that abyss could. Explain to Jordy, look, I know what you're feeling. I know you're still in there somewhere. Come on back now, you hear?
0: Oh, well, yeah. I mean, look, if anyone else gave that speech, it would be ridiculous. It, that's why <laughs> So I do like that. You know what? One thing I do like about this is it expands the universe a little bit because now you do see another crew from another ship. Even though one of the crew members is Jordy, we're seeing that they didn't all always end up, you know, they weren't always on the Enterprise.
1: Yeah. Well, and so, I... I really loved how they did the holodeck. That was really masterfully done.
0: Yeah, I mean, it really didn't have to be done to figure out this whole problem, but yes, it was done well.
1: Yeah, no, I I understand that, but they, you know, he had to figure out that there was something else down there, there there's someone else down there, and it was a very interesting way of doing it, and just, you know, because the technology is not like what it is now, and so having people be in the same scene at the same, you know, one person playing two parts in the same scene can not always be convincing, but this was absolutely convincing for me.
0: You yeah, know, it was very, very well done. It was uh, great film techniques. Yeah. Uh, and then just even the use of the technology, like you said, we finally see the the hol- holodeck used for something like intelligent, not just playing a part in a book. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a recreation area at this point. It's actually being used for something. But, I mean, I wish they just would have somehow tied that in a little bit better to them figuring out the answer.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, also, just one thing that I found weird was when they first get back to the planet and beam down and there are no life signs, and Geordi points, points out that there are no human life signs, and then Riker uh tries to contact Commander Leighton, but he, he says, Riker, to Susanna, like... I'm sorry, do you know her well enough to just start calling her by her first name while you're on duty? That's weird to me.
0: <laughs> yeah. They do that a few times in different iterations of Star Trek. It's a little weird. Yeah. I don't was, know why.
1: Just It was just odd to me. Because it's not like they had a history. Now, if Geordi had done that, you know, Geordi and Susanna have a history. So I would not have found that weird. But Riker didn't have any history with her as far as I knew.
0: Yeah, it's weird.
1: Unless, you know, Riker. Just.
0: The maneuver. <laughs> the maneuver.
1: I like to say it, the maneuver.
0: <laughs> but you never know. Hey, you never know. Because now we see Jordy had this relationship with a whole other crew we didn't know about, so you never know.
1: <laughs> I know, but at least they established that there's <laughs> history there. I don't what even... What happens
0: off screen stays off screen. I do
1: not want to see it. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I really, so, really, really don't. So, I do yeah. I do like uh, Dr. Crusher having a lot to do in this episode with trying to figure out... Well, a lot for, you know, then. Right now it would be like, yeah, that's still not enough to do, but we're we're kinder to our women now as far as giving them things to do that aren't just sitting there looking pretty. Um, so, character development. Well,
0: you know, I, I like anything that has to do with Beverly Crusher. So.
1: Well, of course. And I just really enjoy seeing her figure this thing out, where she finds, she figures out that this parasite is causing the transformation. It's not necessarily a parasite. It's actually their way of reproducing, but it's spreading genetic instructions and using their immune system to transform the host's DNA to match its own.
0: Yeah. And, so that was interesting because the explanation of that was kind of like, I don't know. It was like fumbled for me. It's like, Oh, this parasite's doing it, but it's not acting like a normal parasite. It's in reverse. Okay. So not a parasite.
1: Yeah. she use that she, word. She calls it a parasite at first. But she, she that's the thing. She doesn't know everything about it until Susanna comes out of it, and she's like, oh, no, this is their way of reproducing. Because yeah, now so. she has other in- information that Beverly didn't have, Uh, you know, she wasn't privy to, I guess yeah, is the word but, to say.
0: Like you said, as long as uh, Beverly has some screen time and it's being used for good causes, I i enjoy it. I, I Like I said, overall, I enjoyed the episode, so... Yeah. I liked it. I like... Uh, we'll get into why I like this and not the other one after we talk about the other one. So let's talk about Fraggle Rock.
1: Okay. Let's talk about it.
0: So... Yeah. You want to give a quick rundown of that episode? Okay. They go to a planet, they turn into aliens, nobody cares, they leave the planet?
1: Uh, there's Chekhov's Peach in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs>
0: okay. No, I think we can do a little bit better than that.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, it starts out with us seeing somebody running through the forest and people in environmental suits are chasing this person. They finally catch up to this person and it is inferred that they burn this person alive. They, of course, don't show that on screen because that's too expensive. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, it is. You have to get special stuntmen for that stuff. It's not easy. Uh, and then we're back on the Enterprise, and uh, there's the Chekhov's peach, and uh, in the middle of what's their of their Vulcan nerve pressure techniques uh, session, T'Pol gets called to the bridge, and Archer has found a uh, a planet where the Zindi have visited very recently, and so. You know, he's he's found another species of Zindi referred to in this information that they picked up earlier. Anyway, long story short, they go to the planet. They go down to the planet. What they find is not a Zindi. And they don't find any Zindi life signs there. But there's a shuttle there. And then they all start getting weird, except for Paul doesn't go completely weird, just slightly weird. Well,
0: you know, magic Vulcan blood.
1: Yes, magic Vulcan blood, except when it's Trellium D, and then right. Well, that
0: has... magic Vulcan blood, bedtime. <laughs> no, no.
1: So yeah, they uh, basically it's in this case it is an engineered virus that instead of reproducing. It it really is for reproducing, really, because it basically overwrites the genetic structure of whatever life form it encounters and makes it, you know, this particular species because they lost the ability to reproduce. And this species is called the Lokek, by the way, and they are all implanted with this need to find Urquat, which is their major city. And unfortunately, they didn't really have any foresight about how to deactivate the virus in the case of their imminent demise. And that virus is still hanging out, even though uh, the Lokek are, for all intents and purposes, gone.
0: So, so okay. So to be fair, though, and I do not like this episode, but to be fair to this episode, if I was that race, I wouldn't have a way to stop it either. Yeah. I wouldn't bother even in my demise my race can come back if this virus survives. So I think I think that part makes sense.
1: Yeah, but I I don't think they they understood the way that you know outsiders might see said virus and I'm certain that they didn't anticipate someone just deciding, "Oh well, we have to just kill all of these people off."
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure of that. Because um, it,
1: Honestly, they killed off probably hundreds of thousands of people in their time. You would assume, right? I mean... Yeah.
0: Because... And the reason given is that anyone who goes to the planet and then subsequently leaves the planet will then infect anyone it runs into. So eventually it would wipe out the whole universe, turning everyone into low Yeah,
1: and I... That's
0: not a good thing.
1: I know. That's not a good thing. However, they're all just... They're all compelled to find Urquot, why would they leave the planet?
0: Well, that's... And there's <laughs> problem number two. Yeah. <laughs> See, there's many problems. They also are described as a primal life form, yet they engineered a disease that changes anyone's DNA into theirs.
1: Yeah, that's not primal. That's uh, you know, I intelligent. Mean, I'm
0: sorry, but changing one's D- DNA sequence is not easy. No, it's And not. you don't just... You don't just kind of like throw it out there and like all of a sudden cats are low and like it doesn't work that way. Like if you even if you learn how to change the sequence of a human's DNA, you can't just do that to a cat or a dog, let alone some being from another planet.
1: Well, the, it's interesting, though, because it didn't seem to transform any wildlife. So they must have had a particular you know, strain of DNA in this that would only seek out like humanoid species.
0: I, yeah, see, they're just way too smart to be primal. <laughs>
1: yeah, that is for sure. So that is a glaring inconsistency. What a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Lavar Burton. He did his best with what he had.
0: Oh, he's heavily involved in both these episodes, too. Look at that. Yeah, how about that? I didn't even think of that. (laughs) He is.
1: (laughs) Yes, he (laughs) is. No, look,
0: he did his best, and the actors did their best not looking terrible while looking terrible, but it's just a poorly thought-out plan.
1: It is. It is a poorly thought-out plan. I do like how different I mean, honestly, the acting for uh, Malcolm and Hoshi and Archer... Uh, they do seem very alien, very not human anymore. Yeah,
0: they know they do a great job of yeah. being the low cat. I just don't think we ever needed to see it. <laughs> <laughs> so.
1: No, it didn't need to be committed to film. But there we are. <laughs> we got it anyway. <laughs>
0: so, uh, you know, and then you, you have... You- We'll bring it up because we did, be, we were talking before we came on to record, but then you have Hoshi with the little, like, teenage girl look. sass the, the sass look, I don't know. It was,
1: <laughs> yeah, it was just a really weird way of standing, uh, but it was, it was supposed to be, you know, unlike Hoshi. She,
0: You yeah, know, it makes sense. It's just, ugh, we again, we didn't need to see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, yeah. They give us a Hoshi episode. Oh, it's this one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, the the thing that's they're up against in this episode is a, another race who wants to exterminate them before Flocks can find a cure. And Flocks, of course, just needs a little time, and because they get Malcolm back up to the Enterprise and. Uh, that's what he needs. Is he needs he needs someone to study. He needs someone to take samples from, to take blood from. All of these things so that he can figure this thing out. And they just about die, but <laughs> they just about get destroyed before Flocks is able to synthesize an antivirus. And uh, it's it's pretty funny when when they're kind of caught with their jaws down, like oh, um, oh. There's a There's an antivirus. Um, Wow. Um, That makes us look so bad. So, so bad. (laughs) Guys, do you know what this means? This makes us look really bad. (laughs) You kind of see that in his eyes. It's just like,
0: no. Oh, man. Oh, no. We suck. We've been been doing this like a couple hundred years. And these guys have been here for like a week. At most, like this is terrible. Yeah, oh my gosh! <laughs> they, they didn't even know this area of the of the universe existed a month ago. Yeah, and they just waltz right in and they create an antivirus. Oh, we suck,
1: man. We suck. We're bloodthirsty <laughs> bastards, is what we are.
0: <laughs> I really had expected that to pay off at some point, somewhere in season three. Right, that that guy exists, and then we just <laughs> never see him again, which is kind of a bummer. Uh. That or he was going to be Thor's gatekeeper. One or the other was going to have to happen. Right? It's
1: just, it's one of those things, though, where I'm just like, so why wasn't there any kind of warning beacon for this planet?
0: I mean, come Because on. we, you know, we, the real reason is we just really have a lot of propane and want to use our flamethrowers.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're bloodthirsty bastards, like I said. <laughs> yeah. They just wanted to kill people. They enjoy killing people, so they just wait for people to set down on the planet. And they're like, oh, hunting party, let's go.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> amazingly, like, you know, the Enterprise leaves and leaves a beacon. Yeah. Do not come here. And, so, and I guess from now on, my head kind of, they blew the beacon up immediately upon them. <laughs> you know, they saw the taillights leave. And once they were out of sight, poof.
1: They're like, okay, nobody tell that there's a virus." okay?
0: We're <laughs> <laughs> all going to act like that doesn't exist, all right? On three. Break. Yep
1: and and then with the with the planet in identity crisis as well, you know they left a beacon, did they not?
0: yeah, it makes sense, right? It makes perfect sense for that to happen yeah, so
1: and now now, with identity crisis, I understand why there was no beacon at that planet before because no one ever knew what had happened and right no
0: one was coming there yeah to, to to just kill things that were on the planet the the, the race actually still existed mm-hmm. Even if you couldn't see them? Yes, because
1: they're only visible in ultraviolet light. Yes, and which did, is very
0: interesting. It seems
1: to me like it took way too long to uh, to get
0: that emitter reconfigured
1: to <laughs> emit UV. It's just kind of like, really?
0: And it doesn't hurt their eyes. Yeah, it was a little weird. Can,
1: can it take it shouldn't take more than like 10 seconds for data. Come on. That's my thought. Yeah, that's true.
0: I didn't, I didn't even think of that. That's just... But yeah, it took an awful... Um, like he forgot. Like he was like, uh... This button or that? (laughs) Man, if I can only remember, I had a long night last night. What do I hit next? (laughs) Data, you
1: gotta stop drinking, man. You gotta stop drinking.
0: So, okay, so obvious, the obvious similarities here, right, are it's a quote unquote virus Mm -hmm. that is used for reproduction, right? So that's the obvious differences. Now, what is it about extinction that makes me not like it? But Identity Christ that makes me like it, I can tell you quickly, is the point of view of most of the episode. Extinction is on the planet with them changing, right? Right. And it focuses on the changing more than the solving. Yes, this part's back on the ship trying to figure it out and everything. And really more of that part of that episode is really looking at Trip being the commander at the moment, right? Yes. Trying to figure out, oh, how do I tell them, you know, Arch is not here? Or how do I tell them, how do I keep them from getting to planet and killing my people whereas in identity crisis it's more the investigation into what's going on that's what I enjoy about that episode
1: yeah well and and I can understand kind of why they're different in that respect because enterprise for all intents and purposes I gotta stop saying that phrase (laughs) I think I've used that like three or four times during this podcast I'll cut one
0: of them out okay I appreciate
1: it (laughs) (laughs) So Enterprise does happen earlier in Star Trek history, so...
0: Significantly earlier.
1: Significantly earlier. So I can use that in my (laughs) headcanon to explain why they're less focused on the solving and, well, there are people trying to solve it, but they're... The episode itself i i don't have a good explanation <laughs> okay i don't i was don't. trying to figure
0: out where that was going
1: i don't i was trying to rationalize it and this is one i can't because well look
0: in all fairness if they had written that episode where they spent most of the time on the ship trying to figure it out everyone would be like you just copied tng yeah instead they were trying to copy tng and it's like the toner and the copier was out you just didn't get enough detail
1: well, and with LeVar Burton there, he would probably be like, uh, guys, that's the exact thing that we
0: did G- in Agony Crisis. I, 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 I was like the main in that one. Yeah, I, I, was... I know, because I was there. So. <laughs> which which might be why he was hired to unfortunately do this one.
1: Lavar, <laughs> we love you. We love you, man. We do not blame you. We do not blame oh, you for Of course this.
0: not. I mean, you did Reading Rainbow, and you can't do no wrong.
1: Yeah. I and
0: I said that in such a way that you know I didn't watch Reading Rainbow. Apparently, you can't do no wrong.
1: Um, You can do no wrong.
0: Yes. So well, I was going to say you can't do anything wrong, and it got all messed up somewhere in the middle.
1: Right. That's okay. That's okay. But we're all friends here, and Levar Burton would forgive you. Don't worry. Okay, I'm glad he's a cool guy. So. I don't know. I've never met him. I hope someday I get to. But
0: me too, actually. I, I've, ne- I've unfortunately never met him. And I, like I said, I've been watching him since I was a little kid. It's one of the big one of the big reasons why I got so heavily into TNG when it came out was because he was on the show. Yep. So yeah, that
1: was a surprise for me when I first started watching because I was what fourteen, thirteen, going on fourteen when T. No, I was fourteen fully 14 when
0: did TNG TNG was 80
1: 87 when it started it was in 87 right. okay. so I was either so I was still
0: watching the reading rainbow LeVar Burton at that time
1: yeah well and see I had watched uh reading rainbow as a younger child because was reading rainbow and I loved to read and Lavar Burton so when I see that first episode and I said what why aren't you on reading rainbow now are you not doing reading rainbow anymore, Lavar? <laughs> yeah. You betrayed me. But it's in a book. Just take a look. Reading Rainbow Sorry.
0: It said there's no show like it for my kids either, but uh yeah. I did love that show. And we're off the rails again, but um
1: That's okay. This this these two episodes are
0: off the rails. They really are. They really are. Um so did you have any uh Cause you took way more notes than I did. Did you have any other like more nuanced similarities between those two episodes?
1: Well, let's see. The big obvious one. Um. Let's see here. In this case, uh, the, the... I know
0: nuance wasn't a big part of extinction to begin with. But...
1: No, but in both cases, it's well, this the re- the resolution is somewhat similar. The, the figuring out how to uh, rewrite the DNA for what they're originally intended to be. Uh, it's it's a different way to approach it, but it's the same idea. Is trying to keep this thing from, from taking over completely, and it's going to get to the point where they will no longer be able to be transformed back. So there's that. But in this case, it's more about rewriting... Their DNA, which if this were next generation, they'd just run them through the transporter and filter it out in the pattern buffer.
0: But... Or it would have filtered itself out. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. So... But we don't have that going for us. Except well, see, there is it's... the tran- There is transporter use when when they come back down to get the rest of the crew. Trip uses the
0: transporter. So that, but it's interesting you bring that up because that's one of the things I thought of when. They were talking when they finally give you where this virus has been hiding. I'm like, how come that wasn't just filtered out the very first time they came back?
1: Yeah, but uh, it's hard to say because maybe it wasn't seen as a threat. Maybe it since they have no knowledge of it in any computer, uh, the computer didn't know that it was a threat. And so I guess
0: it's just yeah because
1: yeah, I mean, it's not something that they'd ever come across before. It was a new life form. Same thing in this case for Enterprise. It was not something the Federation, actually it wasn't Federation yet, this was not something that Starfleet had ever come across. So they had no information to figure it out. Yeah, I mean,
0: it definitely makes actually more sense in Enterprise than it does in TNG because TNG should have the record of the extinction event happening. I mean, they probably don't look it up, but, you know, there would be some knowledge of alien life forms taking over by making you them, but... Yeah. Plus... We've seen the Borg, right? I mean, that's kind of what they do. Yeah, it is kind of what. They not, do. not not gene wise, but that's kind of the same thing, right? Well, it does
1: rewrite some of their DNA because you know you're you're given all of these appendages and uh, robotic implants, et cetera. So I guess in a, it, it's a different kind of virus.
0: More yeah, it, 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 well, it's definitely a virus because they talk about you know the uh, nanotechnology and everything involved in it, but. It's just a little different the way it's done. But point is, is a life form taking over another life form as a means of reproduction should kind of be more well known in the in by TNG than it is for enterprise. Yes. Yeah.
1: I agree with that. Um, and in the case of extinction, basically Flox decides that he needs to be able to look at to paul's uncorrupted dna so he can see where the changes are trying to happen and therefore synthesize an antivirus and that's where chekhov's peach comes in so
0: right because it's before she goes down and then yeah where, then when she comes back to where it's being attacked yeah so.
1: because that whole scene with him trying to get to paul to take a bite of the peach is just so awkward and
0: so forced it really is like they couldn't they have just written that he hands her a peach and she eats it yeah so, it didn't feel creepy, yeah, it was just just,
1: it' was just mm didn't feel good, it didn't feel good yeah, it's was,
0: it was just weird, there was so many ways to do that without making trip come off like a weirdo
1: yeah yeah it's it's a little bit creepy, a little bit creepy,
0: but so okay, so, and the resolution to both episodes is kind of similar, mm-hmm. um technically speaking, neither race is actually wiped out at the end, right. There, there is a chance that in extinction, that the that'll be it because they're going to destroy the last strand of the virus, right?
1: Yeah, but Archer decides that they aren't going to do that,
0: right? Archer, you know, decides no. It's our, it's a, it's sort of our duty to preserve life, even if it was it was doing what it was doing.
1: Well, and to be fair, they did have a civilization. They did have buildings and. A system of government, etc, which is again, why would you call them primal because this yeah, I don't uh... you know in Archer's dream of Urquat, that you know that was a pretty a pretty nice city, yeah, it was
0: sophisticated, yeah I mean...
1: it was it was not you know a bunch of people living in caves with bearskins,
0: no but ironically, the whole civilization was in a cave,
1: <laughs> it was underground, that is not the same it... thing. <laughs> Not the same thing. (laughs) But it's a fair point.
0: (laughs) But no, I get your point. They're not, like you said, they're not just in a cave. Like the cave is not, the the whole means of the cave is not just to get out of the rain and lightning. It's, they built a city underground.
1: Yeah. And I don't know what their source of light was because
0: there was light
1: in there. So it was kind of There was tons of light like maybe
0: they have worst a, cave ever
1: well they might have a skylight in the top
0: giant it's like a dome yep like one of those retractable dome stadiums they got now
1: yep that's what it was and you know the technology's been lost so they don't know how to move that rock ceiling anymore
0: So yeah it just stays open it just
1: it's just stuck
0: <laughs> they need some wd-40 for the gears
1: they really, really do. You'd think they'd have that on Enterprise. I mean, I don't think WD forty is ever going to go out of favor.
0: Clearly, duct tape doesn't.
1: No, it sure doesn't. And no. you need a good lubricant. WD
0: forty is good. It's phenomenal. It's got to still be around. Absolutely. Maybe they've made every a- door slides and moves, and they're all pocket doors. Yeah. Oh, I don't like any of them open like a door. Yeah.
1: You got somebody oiling those every single day because I have a yeah. pocket door. At my and office. Terrible. And it's awful.
0: <laughs> it's awful. Yeah, the, the unsung heroes of, of Star Trek are the uh, are the maintenance crew that actually walks around. Not the top high engineer guys working on the warp drive. No. It's the poor guys who got to loop all the pocket doors every day. Mm-hmm.
1: They got to do all the grunt work like O'Brien on Deep Space Nine. Yeah, change Nine. light
0: bulbs, stuff like that. Yeah.
1: Those are the true heroes because without those unsung, unseen heroes, things would not move as smoothly as we see That's them. That's it.
0: I'm asking Discovery. Next episode, I want to see someone changing a light bulb or fixing a lock or something. Yeah,
1: give us a lower decks episode of Discovery. I <laughs> we'll want to see it now. Yep. And I want to see Jet Reno in the middle of it.
0: Oh, t- <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs> Listen to episode sixty of The Edge, and uh, I sing her praise for a good five ten minutes.
1: Yeah, I was uh, I was I was thrilled when I found out Tig Notaro was going to be on. So, yeah, I've been a fan of her for, hers for many years.
0: Yeah, I don't actually I don't know the actress herself, but man, she she's phenomenal. She
1: is and, mostly uh, famous for stand up comedy. I would suggest okay. checking her out on Netflix. That make sense. She has at least. <laughs> one special on netflix and uh she is she's amazing had a battle with cancer so. and was very honest about it in her stand-up ah so she's uh she's one amazing person i really yeah, enjoy have to check that out and uh yep. now thanks for joining us for episode 183 of the edge <laughs> yes <laughs> The Edge, right, Earl Grey, and Warp 5 rolled into one. All right, all right. You're <laughs> right, you're right. <laughs>
0: and we talked about DS9. Yeah. Uh, so we got, we got the orb in there. Oh, we even said Voyager in this episode. We've talked about everything but the Kelvin timeline. And the animated series. And TOS. Series. We had, we'll just, you said Chekhov. No. So we got them all. There we go. <laughs> Done. We knew <laughs> we could get them all in here. Guys, <laughs> we did it. ha. <laughs> You thought this was an episode about extinction and identity crisis. This was just the way to say all the Star Trek shows.
1: Yeah, we just wanted to see how many shows we could reference in one episode. And the answer is all of them. <laughs> all, all of
0: them. All right, so I guess uh, there's not much more to talk about these episodes, right? I mean, they're kind of similar. There's not actually many differences except for the... The point of view is the main difference. It's yeah. a big difference, but that's really the only. The outcomes and everything else are pretty much the same. It's, I think it's safe to say that extinction is a copy of identity crisis.
1: It is in many ways. It is in many ways, except in the case of uh, identity crisis, there was a something that Crusher removed from Susanna, which started reversing the process and letting her go back
0: to being her normal form of human. Right. Oh, that. yeah. So her, her body actually fought back to be normal, which that's kind of weird, but okay.
1: Yeah. So once she removed that, what she thought was a parasite, uh, she was able to stimulate the immune system to do the rest of the job itself. And right. there was no such thing to dig out of any of the crew members of Enterprise who had been affected or infected. No, no.
0: You just had to you just had to kill the virus.
1: Yeah, kill the virus and wait to get better (laughs) like you do with
0: viruses. Right, which which is cool because they do that is one thing though. They do kind of show that trailing a few episodes. They show you know, like little marks for left over from the incident and everything, which is kind of cool. Whereas with this episode of T and G, but it's, the times are different when they're telling stories. So, yeah. but this is just a self-contained episode that doesn't have any bearing later. Yeah, in T and G, where this this extinction really has no bearing on the overall series. But we just get those little, oh, yeah, my skin's still dry on my arm. Yeah, it's gonna be like that for a couple weeks.
1: Yeah, well, it's it had some continuity, and I appreciated that instead of everything just being reset back to normal because we were in a different age where arc storytelling was becoming. More and more popular, and what people wanted to see, rather than just, you know, episodic stories. And right. you can do you can do both because Extinction is episodic, but it still has enough ties to the arc that you just go, oh, continuity. Yeah. And the whole reason that they go there is because they trailed a, a a Zindi ship there, so they wouldn't have even gone there if the Zindi hadn't gone
0: there. Thanks, Zindi. Well, so I assume the Zindi died f- in the first scene. Now.
1: Oh yeah, that's uh, that's exactly what I'm assuming as well. Is that it was a Zindi who had been transformed. So, yeah. Yeah, that oh. was my assumption, because it was very recently that they had been to that planet. So.
0: All right. Any final thoughts on any of this? Uh.
1: Well, it was interesting watching these two episodes back to back. Because it became very obvious very early on how remarkably similar they are, but done in two very different ways. Again, like you said, because of point of view. And how I'm more prone to actually, I don't know, watching someone uncover a mystery than I am to watching someone trying to deal with children. I mean, (laughs) they are very petulant and childlike friend i it's la it's it's to babysitting that's what it feels like in extinction is to is babysitting because she's the only one who has you know her her original identity still intact with only a few lesions and what have you so yeah it's a babysitting yeah. time for to sorry honey
0: it sucks when they just drop them on you like that. I know. You didn't even know it was coming. Yeah. So, so my final thoughts are real simple. Extinction, two thumbs down. Identity crisis, one thumb up. Everything is basically the same in the story, except, again, the point of view, and that's what makes all the difference. Had Extinction done this from a different point of view, it may have been a better version of the story. Because in reality, they are two very, very similar stories, and it's just the way they were filmed and... The way they were written, from whose point of view they were written, really, is the difference.
1: Agree. But LeVar Burton gets all the thumbs up all the time.
0: Yes. Because <laughs> it's LeVar Burton. If I had four thumbs, he'd get four. <laughs> well, you could use big toes. Four thumbs and toes up. <laughs> He's a ten. I said a tan.
1: Oh, I love it. I love it. It's been fun talking about LeVar Burchen today, but that's not the only thing we've been discussing around here. So here's a quick listen to some things you may have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM, Warp 5. Well, and I feel like a side quest could be finding more spheres and gathering intelligence from each one. And each one has like a different way you have to get into them, and a different thing you have to collect.
0: Right, or yeah, or they're, they're cloaked differently. Yeah, or each one you know,
1: has each yeah, one is I- in- individual. Earl Gray, because like the DNA transformation, what where's the DNA coming from that's being transformed? You know, I, I It's like I a mean, replicator. Yeah, and I think that again <laughs> no? the 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 yeah, but I mean again the explanation that it's an advanced genesis device kind of makes me buy mm, it more. Okay. Yeah. But it, it just felt a little weird the DNA thing. It just looked it looks like some hey, we need can somebody just throw some leaves on the bridge, you know? But you know, I think it's a really cool concept. The the snakes in the <laughs> in uh, the, torpedo? the torpedo I I At that moment, I thought, this is the
0: Halloween 3 of Star Trek The Next Generation. (laughs) To the journey!
1: That's that's a really good point, Suzanne. We need to clarify, because when we're talking about Chakotay and Seven, some of the best romantic scenes are not actually with Chakotay. They're with hologram Chakotay. Yes. I would like to meet hologram Chakotay. He seems nice. You want to date with holographic (laughs) Chakotay. (laughs) If I had a holodeck, you know I'd be programming that in right now. The Edge, a Star Trek Discovery podcast.
0: Saru so finally realizes at some point he's seeing its language in ultraviolet light. Basically Morse code. And I don't know why they don't say that wording. Oh, you thought there. Morse code? Because I was yes. thinking binary. I, that makes sense yeah. too, but isn't binary kind of a version of Morse code? Because Morse, Or Morse code is a type of binary language? Because all it is is beeps and not beeps. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like.
1: And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm.
0: Check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, or the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And please leave us a star rating and written review. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, Tune in, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, in most third-party apps, and you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link.
1: Now, as usual, Boomers, we want to hear your thoughts on today's show, and you know there are many ways to do that. The best place, of course, to join in the larger conversation is the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. If you have not been to the Babel Conference, what is wrong with you? Why can't you just be a joiner? Actually, that sounds really bad when I say it like that. Never mind. Anyway, you can go to the search field on Facebook. Type in Babel. It's probably going to be the first thing that comes up. But if you'd like to send us an email, you can use the form on our website at trek.fm slash contact. Choose to send to a show and select Warp 5. That comes right to us. And you can also find the network on Twitter at trekfm and on Facebook at facebook.com trekfm. Well, uh, Patrick, when you are not busy uh, discovering that toes can be used as
0: thumbs, where can people find you? He's a tan. I said a tan. So when I'm not doing that, you can find me on Twitter. It's magicdrop five. No spaces. Five is a digit, not letters. You can also find me popping my head up in the Babel conference more often lately. Uh, I have a bit more time than I used to, so I, I've been uh, interacting with the listeners as much as possible, and I really enjoy that. You can also find me on the edge with my my buddy Amy. We're going to be coming to you every week. Uh, that as long as Discovery is, uh, you know, in season, and then it goes back to about every other week after that. And soon, March tenth, March 9th and March tenth, you can find me at Big Apple Comic Con where I will be uh, hanging out and uh, meeting some people. There's uh, Shatner's going to be there. There's going to be a few others, a few to be announced still, that might pertain to the identity crisis. Uh, it's not LeVar Burton, though, oh. so I don't want to. But it might be someone that has to do with TNG. Um, either way, uh, so come check me out there and hang out, and we'll talk some Star Trek. So, Brandy, when I'm not forcing you awkwardly to eat peaches, where can people find you?
1: Oh, I never eat peaches awkwardly. I love peaches. <laughs> okay, maybe it seems awkward to other people, but... Uh, you can find me on Twitter at brandy Wine twelve, or you can find my alternate Twitter account, DarkAmyNoseRock. <laughs>
0: Which I had something to do with without even knowing It's it. all
1: your fault. Um, it's it's your fault, and it's Chris Trabuzio's fault. And... <laughs> So you can find me on on Twitter on the, under those two things. Um, you can also find me in the Babel conference from time to time. My work is mm-hmm. starting to get busier, so I don't have as much time to uh, look at Facebook outside of you know. Anyway, and uh, also I do uh, the live from the Edge with my friend Bruce Gibson on Friday nights at six p.m. Pacific, nine p.m. Eastern. You can find us on our YouTube channel, which is just Trek FM. Come join the chat, come join in the fun. We get weird up in there, which is how dark Amy Nose Rock came about. And you can also find me on the dark corner podcast with my fabulous husband, Dave, where we talk about stuff and things and do it from sort of a darker perspective, a darker introverted perspective. And there are swears. So don't listen if you're offended by swears and uh and is that it is that it i think that's it you you should
0: check your twitter i should check my twitter okay (laughs) all (laughs) right so i've been inspired to start my own new twitter you can also check me out there at magic drop magic drop nose Rockets. Uh, we're gonna be nose rocket buddies from now on. Yeah. Uh, this is gonna be a thing, people. I'm telling you, get in now while your name still has a nose rocket tag.
1: Oh, you now uh, have you now have me following you.
0: <laughs> so, if you'd like to help us keep all our shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron of the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com/trekfm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com/trekfm to get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more. Available through our special patrons website, Patron Zone. It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details at patreon.com/slash Trekfm.
1: And of course at this time we would love to thank our associate producers for Warp 5, who are all human, as far as I know. None of their DNA has been rewritten. And those are as follows. Norman C. Lau. I don't
0: know about that that Chris guy.
1: Oh, wait. You're right. Okay. As far as I know, as far as I know, you know, this is not a fact, but as far as I'm currently aware, they're all human. So Norman C. Lau, Floyd Dorsey, Mike Morrison, Tim Cooper, Justin Oser, Mark Flessa, Chris Tabuzio, and Jim McMahon. Thank you so much. For being patrons of Trek FM and specifically for being supportive of Warp 5. We could not do this without you. So. Yes.
0: And remember, DNA alternating sequences are given to you by nose rockets. <laughs>
1: <laughs> In other words, stop sticking things up your nose. Or blowing things out of them. Just get rid of your nose. Get rid of your nose and then you won't have <laughs> any problems. Alright, well that does it for this episode of Warp 5, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode possibly with our missing in action third member Ah, Juicy Danglers Who needs a new Twitter
0: handle uh,
1: <laughs> Everybody's gonna copy us And so, uh, you know in the meantime, uh, go on the Babel Conference, let us know what you think and, uh As always, keep calm and boom on.